Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good Good morning, happy Saturday, and welcome to Becoming Eva. We have a special episode today. We are talking about women in family, because you know, we wear so many different hats as women. We can be wives, mothers single moms, um, you know, we can be business owners, writers, authors, teachers, so many different hats. So today we're going to be talking about all those different roles in in different families. Yes. And can I say, I feel like the family unit, well, I don't feel like, I know the family unit is the most important community where women show up. And oftentimes we belittle it or just kind of downplay it because, hey, we do it every day. You know, we cook, we clean, we're wives, we're mothers, we're daughters. We do all of that every day. It's almost like breathing, but it's so important because it lays the foundation for us to be dynamic in all these other areas that um, that LaToya just talked about. So women and family is important. And we really want to take time to celebrate that today. So we've got two very special guests with us this morning. Shall we introduce them? Yes, we have Mrs. Dielja Brown and Mrs. Sarah Bordeaux here to join us today on Becoming Eva. We are so excited to have you guys join us. Yes. I'm honored to be here. Yes, same. I'm excited. Great morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. We're excited to have you. So before we get into learning a little bit more about both of you and your own personal stories and the roles in which you show up in family, we're going to talk about what's trending. Okay. So for those of you that are part of the BE community, you know, every week we got to talk a little bit about what's trending. So we got two hot topics that we're going to talk about today. The first one, uh, we mentioned actually earlier, I think at the, probably during our season premiere, um, we talked about um, hookups and breakups. And one of the biggest breakups or shocking breakups was that of Lisa Bonet and Jason Samoa, also known as Denise Huxtable and Aquaman. Okay. So (laughs) if anybody's wondering, so they, you know, announced that they were getting divorced. Um, And some of you may or may not know that Lisa Bonet was previously married to singer, songwriter, performer, Lenny Kravitz. So uh, this past week, 
There was a picture on social media about uh, Lenny Kravitz and Jason Momoa on their motorcycles. And they were like dabbing it up and just, you know, really like just talking about their bro bond, if you will. So the question came up, how do you feel if your exes remained friends or were friends? Like, would y'all be okay with it? Would you feel uncomfortable? Would you be like, are they talking about me? If they are, what are they saying about me? Like, how would you feel if your exes were friends? That's a little weird to me. That's a little uncomfortable. I'm going to need you not to be friends with my ex dabbing it up. Like, <laughs> y'all riding motorcycles? What are y'all talking about? Are y'all talking about me? <laughs> like, there's so many different things. My mind would be going to so many different places because she's broken up with both of them, right? And they're hanging out together. But what are y'all talking know. about? <laughs> I don't know if she initiated the breakup Times, but yes, they are no longer together. <laughs> yeah, I think there definitely Anyone needs to else? be a period of uh, time in there for some healing to happen, uh, you know, before they could be friends. <laughs> I'm the same, and I know they have. Um, I know you get into the whole co-parenting scenario and things like that. So building relationships, I'm not sure how the relationships were built and. What happened to cause the demise of that relationship? But I, I just think it's odd. It's too much for me, <laughs> especially if I'm not on one of the motorcycles. It's too much. Right. <laughs> if like, I'm not in there, if I'm not involved, then hey, you can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> That's rough though, because like you said, co-parenting is real. Like they had to build a bond when um, Jason and Lisa were married because mm -hmm. they were co-parenting and raising Zoe Kravitz. And so like there was a relationship built, but now that they're divorced, it's like, okay, do you forget about that relationship? Like what happens with that? So it's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, I <laughs> Anyone else, any other comments on Lisa Bonet's exes mm -hmm. bonding? Not for me. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Two very handsome men. I gotta tell her she has. Oh yeah, no, great no, taste. That. Okay. <laughs> I can agree. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Beautiful man. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> the next topic of what's trending is actress Sandra Bullock. Now you may know her from movies like Speed and Miss Congeniality, The Blind Side. She actually um, is uh, about to release or just released a movie called The Lost City. And in her interview to promote that movie, she said, hey, after this, y'all, I'm taking a break. I need to focus on raising my two children and I'm, I'm about to just, you know, chill out for a minute. And so, of course, there's always conversation about that. And y'all know this as women. There's always a conversation of can women have it all, you know, and mm -hmm. if you do have it all or try to have it all, what does that look like? And so... For her, she's like, hey, I'm going to focus on being a mom right now. And it is what it is. So what are you all's thoughts on that? I mean, I definitely can relate. Raising kids is hard. And sometimes you do need a break from doing everything. And I don't really know about the demands of being an actress. But I know sometimes that they work. Um, really late into the night and, you know, long hours to do those shows. Sometimes they have to travel far away and be gone for like long periods of time. 
I, I get it. Um, being a mom is hard. <laughs> and it's very hard when you add like work, like work-life balance is very difficult. So I definitely get it. Yeah, I love Sandy B. So <laughs> um, I'm, I support her, whatever she decides. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely get it. I think um, I heard a, a phrase or a quote one time that says that you can have anything, but you can't have everything. And um, I think that, um, you know, her taking a hiatus or taking a break doesn't mean that she can't come back on the scene. Um, she's done that before, and I think she can do it again. Um, and, you know, I respect her doing that as a professional woman. I think that um, it just, you know, makes it easier for laymen, you know, to to feel like, you know, it's okay to take a break. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. Taking a break doesn't mean you're finished or you're done, you know. I agree. I think um, because as mothers, we always get stuck on everybody else mm -hmm. and just making sure that we have the time to recharge, re-energize for ourselves, but also making sure that we have the opportunity to be there for our babies, to see them grow mm -hmm. up because that oftentimes, you know, it happens so fast. Um, and she's done a lot in her career. So I think that is really helpful. I know um, for some individuals, some women who are starting out, it might be a more difficult decision mm -hmm. to make because then it does become do I do and um, just kind of go after my dreams or do I kind of put it on pause here? And I like what you said. It gives other women the opportunity to know that it can be done. I can pause. I can handle home and then jump back in when I need to. Yeah. The elder, you are actually right in the vein of, of what I was thinking because motherhood and being just being present for your children, whether you're actually whether you're a mother or a father is, so important for your children because you only get that time span of raising them once. And it's so important to be mindful of the person that you're shaping and putting out into the world. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm not a mother, but I always hear that as they're young, the days are long, but the years are short, they go fast. And so, you know, it's important to take the time if you can, you know, if you have the ability to and really hone in because you don't get those formative years back. So I commend her. And, you know, and like you were saying, she's definitely established in her career. I think her work at this point is like $250 million. So mm -hmm. she definitely has the means at the time to do it, you know, um, and not all moms do. Um, but I'm glad that she is making that a priority while they're young. So kudos to you, Sandra. We'll, we'll see how it goes. She jokingly said, you know, I don't know. After three months, I might, might be like, I can't take it. I'm going back to work. But, <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> all right, y'all. So let's jump on into the topic at hand. Toya, do you want to kick us off with sharing your story? Yes. So we have two amazing women joining us today on Becoming Eva. We have Dielja Brown and Ms. Sarah Bordeaux. And we would like you all to kind of share a little bit about how you all grew up in your families. Um, just let the audience know just a little bit about what it was like growing up in your family. And we can start with you, Dielja. Okay. Um, I think for me, and I, I share a lot. I know for me as just growing up, I grew up in a single mom home. 
And it was very much the women around me. That was our village, my aunties. Um, they were mostly single women as well. Um, I had the opportunity and plenty of opportunities, thankfully, to um, experience summers with my father's parents. Um, and that was always amazing. Um, we had a very small village in the South because a lot of my family on my father's side were, they lived up North. So spent a lot of time there and just enjoying growing up around cousins. Um, I think for me, I did not have a lot of family members who went to college. So that was a big push for my personal growth is just making sure that I could go to college, um, seeing that as a way to not just better myself, but just making sure I had a, a better foundation for financially. So that was a big push as I grew up, just making sure that I had the opportunity to stay smart, stay ahead in class, doing what I needed to do to um, handle business, as I always say, but um, just making sure that I had those opportunities and those doors open. Um, progressing, I think I I can't even remember when I started college, but Georgia State University um, is where I attended my undergrad, um, received my master's and ended up continuing further along the way. But um, I'm here today. So. Awesome. And Sarah, you want to share your story? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think we have a lot in common. I also uh, grew up in a um, single mom situation. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, but my mom, um, when I was very young, decided to move to the South. So we moved to North Carolina. And so we left family behind. It was just uh, my mom, my brother, and my sister. And so we were our own family unit for most of my childhood. Um, my mom uh, suffered with some um, health complications. And so she needed a lot of help. And so I, when I was growing up, um, I helped her a lot and I learned a lot from that experience. Um, and then my husband and I got married very young and started our own family really young. Um, but as the same as you, uh, Deirdre, um, yeah, I decided a long time ago, nobody in my family had graduated high school or went to college. And I was like, you know, I'm going to be that one. And, um, then I got married when I was really young and I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, how is it possible to do, you know, like we were talking about earlier, have it all, you know, is it possible? So um, I went to college uh, mostly online. Thankfully, that is a, um, an opportunity now. But I just actually graduated last year. Um, so, you know, um, and now that I, I've done that, now it's like entering the career phase as a mom. So it's a whole different ballgame. But <clears throat> Well, congratulations on that. Um, it doesn't really matter like when you start, you finish the race um, with getting your degree. So don't sell yourself short on that. So we're super proud of you. Yeah, you. Um, so congratulations. Thanks. Yes. <clears throat> so I wanted to ask, um, how did your upbringing uh, impact your perspective on how you view family today? Um, were there any um, life-changing moments in your childhood or through your teenage years that maybe shaped your perspective of family? Uh, yeah, so for me, definitely so. Um, growing up, I just didn't see a lot of positive male role models. Um, I had a very um, 
negative um, perception on what a family looked like. And so, um, and like I said earlier, you know, I got married very young. So going into marriage, I had a lot of baggage about that. Um, and it did shape, um, you know, I think I learned what not to do. And it was like, okay, you know, I don't want to repeat these same mistakes that I saw all my life growing up. And so I went into it kind of, um, you know, knowing what not to do, but not what to do. So we had to learn. It was a journey and we're still learning it. You know, we don't have it all figured out, but. Yes. And I think for me, um, very similar. I, um, my father at a very young age, um, for me, I, I want to say it was three or four, he um, committed suicide. Um, so that really shaped my um, thought process and not even knowing at a young age. Um, my mom, she never remarried. Um, she never really dated um, while my sister and I were growing up. And I know for me that kind of, I didn't really have a, an idea of what a positive, kind of very similar to what Sarah was saying, what that looked like or even what a positive relationship with in between men and females look like mm -hmm. um, because she did not have didn't even have male friends around for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, biggest impact um, male wise in my life was definitely my grandfather. Again, we were with him every summer, um, every break. And I think looking back as a mom now, that was probably the biggest blessing to her because every break we were in Alabama. Um, so my grandfather and then as I got older into my teenage years, my uncle, he became a very pivotal individual in my life and just really trying to um, help guide and direct. It wasn't always easy because, again, it was just a different type of relationship, but just learning. But um, that definitely had a huge impact early on. Um, and then, as was Sarah saying, my mom, she was diagnosed with cancer multiple times. So when it came time for that, like college and school, I didn't want to go away because family is a big thing for me. And my mom was is a rock. So I wanted to make sure that I could be there for her to support. And that for me just gave me, I think, those ideas of making sure that you can always be there for individuals that you call family. And now I don't even look at it as just the individuals who I am related to by blood, but it's friends who have become family that are there. So when I call you family, when I call you friend, it is a big deal because that it means a lot because time is valuable. We're here in this space and place for a given time and we don't know when that time is up, but um, being able to be there, be strong for someone, I think just those instances really impact me and just my thought process of family. Wow. So wow. many parallels like I was just thinking like I had very similar experience growing up in a single parent household and um you know but first of all I did want to say Deldra thank you for sharing about um your father's passing we actually had a guest on last week that um had a very similar story so I commend you for sharing that first and foremost and then just um just the path that you have taken thus far you know in recovering from that. I know that's a huge loss to experience at such an early, early age. But I was going to ask for both of you. Um, I know you talked a little bit about how being raised by single parents like shifted or shaped 
your perspective of family in general, but, but, but specifically men and marriage. I mean, both of you are married. Like what was the transition like as far as even like, was marriage something you still desired? You know, was there a healthy um, interaction with men? Did you have healthy um, uh, models of marriage around you in order to inspire you in that direction? Like what was your um, path, if you will, toward um, just having a healthy perspective of marriage and even desiring marriage. Jesus is working on me still. <laughs> Amen. Um, I am prayerfully, thankfully, um, newly married all of, I think this is day 14. Um, and for me and my journey, I think at one point, and I'll go back because re being raised by a single female and just a a village of single females. I saw like independent, got to be strong, doing everything on my own, not asking for help, not needing anybody. Um, and I think that also impacted me with just the dating process, how I saw men um, and just their role as well. I don't think I'm traditional in the aspect of um, I like I need a man type of thing. Um, and I think that also what I realize in as I'm continuing to grow in this process is making sure that I have the opportunity to yield um, and I'm working. The Lord is still working on me. I promise you, y'all. That word submit has been um, just a continuing thing for me, just even in our um, our engagement process and just looking, allowing that to be a journey. But um, being raised in that village it definitely impacted my thought process, my mindset, because I, I honestly, and then being in Atlanta, it was definitely like, I'm, I'm fine. I just, you know, I do this on my own. I don't need anybody. I don't need the troubles, the headaches. Um, but when you are sent someone that is your, your person, that is the one that you know, and God has shown you that is the one for you, um, it changes things. And it has been a continual growth journey definitely a lot of lot of reflection for myself and um, just even taking pause because I can say something really quick and keep it moving um, but understanding that that person is with me and we are in this together forever um, and that is a friend and if I look at him as a friend um, being able to be honest and genuine so um, I will say like I said it's a continual journey and that that word submit, that wasn't there before. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't at all. <laughs> you know what? Submission is difficult. Even even when you grew up in a two person household, and like I did, um, my stepdad and my mom, um, just watching their interaction, it wasn't role modeled for me. My mom was very much like strong, authoritative. <laughs> Um, not submissive, and that's not a good, I'm not saying that like, ah, yeah, she was like running things. That's not what I wanted um, mm -hmm. for my life. And I've really had to pray and work on myself, um, you know, before getting married because it wasn't role modeled for me how um, a, the woman's role in a marriage should look like. So I had to go out and, and view other role models in marriages um, to kind of understand what submission even looks like um, in a healthy marriage. 
Um, so it is a growing <laughs> process and I've learned different things every day. I've got to learn how to hold my tongue sometimes and not everything that comes out of comes in my mind should come out of my mouth. So <laughs> it's ebbs and flows, you know, I, I, I get corrected by the Holy Spirit all the time. Um, so it is a learning process. I know you are a newlywed um, and it, it's not going to happen um, overnight, uh, but you'll get it. Just a lot of prayer because, uh, <laughs> you know, it is hard. It, it really is hard. It is. I'll I'll say just uh, it's a journey piggybacking off of that. But what I am learning and I say am learning because it's still a process is that there's peace and freedom, honestly, and submission. And a lot of people don't realize that. But as you know, coming from the background of being raised by strong, independent women, being a strong, independent woman myself, I am finding freedom and peace in it because everything doesn't have to fall on my shoulders. It was never meant to. I was never meant to make or break every decision. I was, you know, that that was not a burden I was ever designed to carry. So when I realized that and how God designed the family, there was freedom in that. Something as simple as just, you know, a simple decision about, you know, I don't know, a, a cable provider. Like I can say, okay, let me go talk to my husband first because what? I don't feel like making a decision right now. I don't have to make the decision right now. And it may not even be a big deal to my husband, but just knowing there's space in that and saying, okay, I don't have to make the decision, number one, nor do I have to make it right now because there's a counterpart that, you know, I can consider and consult with. So just simple things like that. But there, there are, it, it definitely has its challenges, but at the same time, I think the more I've learned to embrace it, the more peace and freedom I found in it as well. So I don't want you to feel like it's, uh, you know, gonna be like grueling, like, you know, all the time. I don't want you to feel that way. You'll have your, definitely will have your challenges, you know, but at the same time, you'll, you'll find, I believe you'll find the benefits of it as well. So, yeah. <clears throat> but Sarah, I wanted to give some time to talk for you to share as well. I'm sorry, we, we didn't get to hear from you yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, my husband and I, like I mentioned earlier, we got married so young, so we really jumped into it um, with two feet. And so, um, and as, as I said earlier, you know, I don't think either one of us had, had great role models. Uh, we were involved in church and I really highly respected our um, pastor and his wife, and they were a, a really big role model for us early in our marriage. Um, but yeah, it, it's a journey, like I mentioned, and um, I feel like we went through a lot of things together really early in our marriage that it was kind of like one of those things where, um, you know, it can make or break your marriage. And I felt like, you know, the difference for us is that we did have God in our marriage. And I felt like the things that we went through together really um, pulled us closer together. And, um, you know, my own marriage changed my opinion on marriage because, um, you know, I, I'm blessed with a, a great husband. So, um, and you know, we were so young that I don't think that, um, you know, we didn't know that at the time that we were such great, um, you know, partners for each other. So, um, you know, but yeah, submission has been difficult for me because, you know, we were talking about, we were raised by strong women. And so, and I definitely agree with you, Maya, about just the freedom that is in that when you have a, a you know, strong male 
partner that you can trust and you can lean on them because I feel like for women, a lot of us, I know I am, you know, more emotional and I want to make fast decisions. And, um, you know, so it's good to have that counterpart, that person that balances you out. And at the end of the day, you know, you guys can um, make a wise decision together. Um, and it's not, you know, I'm, I think that um, one positive thing between my husband and I is that, you know, he listens to me. It's not like, oh, he's making all the decisions and I just have to go along with it. You know, he hears me out and I really feel like, um, you know, that helper uh, in our marriage. So. Amen. And that's the key, making sure you marry a strong man of God who's not a man of God because he's married to you. <laughs> he was a right. man of God before you got married and he's going to be a man of God after you married. So that's the key. Yes. Now, can you guys share a little bit about your current family? Um, just a little bit more about the dynamics of what your family looks like. We can start with you, Deeldra. Okay. So currently, as stated earlier, um, just got married. Um, uh, we do have a son and my son was, um, he was born prior to our marriage um, and he is with a different individual. So definitely working on our journey collectively, creating a space and place for us to grow as a newlywed couple, but also that whole journey of co-parenting is different. Um, my son is currently 12. So for the longest time, I was doing the single parenting role that I grew up seeing, which is not something that I want to say, yes, I did that, um, because I realized that that was a cycle that I got used to seeing. Um, and that was definitely a generational curse in my family. Um, but what I realized is being able to have, and like you said, a strong man of God um, coming in and just being able to say, hey, I'm here. You're, you don't have to make those decisions by yourself. You don't have to um, do these things by yourself. It's still work in progress. I think we need a shirt that needs to be our yeah. motto for our family, work in progress, <laughs> um, because it's not every day perfect. There are still some days, like the other day, woke up, had to go into work early and dropped the kid off. And I was like, wait, I did not tell him, hey, I have to be in the work early. Would you like to drop the kid off at school today mm -hmm. type of thing? Um, but getting used to that blended family dynamic um, very much is a big pool. Um, our situation with my son's father is not perfect at all. It's not like a a positive co-parenting type of situation. Mm -hmm. So even um, ensuring that there's balance there and that we ensure that there's peace in our home is our biggest, biggest push to make sure that we're growing as a family, but also um, just encouraging this, this, we call him the kid, but encouraging him to be <laughs> a strong man himself. Um, have not had any babies yet, um, but we are. <laughs> and I think that's when we get to back to the original conversation. Can we have it all? Because work-life balance is a big thing. Um, definitely um, have so many goals, um, career goals for myself that I want to attain. But even looking at for him what he would like, because he didn't come into our relationship with children. So just working on those desires and making sure that we have a good plan in place, but also following the plan of the Lord, because it's not always our plan. That's yeah. true. That's true. There's so many layers that you touched on with the blended family. Like I grew up in a very blended family and it wasn't a good 
co-parenting <laughs> situation for us. Um, I didn't really have a relationship with my biological father until I was grown and I moved out here in Atlanta. Um, but it was a it was difficult to hear sometimes like my mom venting about my biological father. And then I, I never had really a interaction with him to have a different perspective. So I definitely think um, you have to have a positive um, relationship with when you're co-parenting, especially when you have kids listening, looking, even when you don't think they're listening and looking, it definitely affects them. Um, but yeah, you touched on a lot of points there. Yes. Um, I was going to say <laughs> so many questions I have. I'm like, should I ask them now or ask them later? But I, I will just ask real quick. And, um, and I know Toya and I, when we were preparing for the show, talked a little bit about it. But the fact that you're raising, um, you and your husband now are raising a young black man, like, what are your, what have been some of the, what has your journey been like, I should say, um, even as a single parent, like, did you have to find, or were you trying to find positive role models for him? Did you have to have the talk with him by yourself or are you waiting to do that later? Like what has that journey been like thus far? So um, for me as a mom and just with a lot of things you go, being a mom, I've developed so many new fears that I just didn't know existed um, ever. Um, so it's a continuous faith walk. It's a continuous love walk. It's action um, every day. Um, I don't always get it right. And that's something that prayerfully, hopefully he will see when he gets older, because when I just don't get it right, oh, COVID was crazy. Um, it's still going on, but when we were stuck at home together, I did not get it right. <laughs> but um, just raising him has been a complete journey. It's a learning progress. I'm always reading books, um, definitely waking up early to prayer, pray and um, build myself. Um, and leaning on this new man of mine has been a godsend because as much of a female as I am, and I am very much structured, disciplined, like we got to be here at this time. Um, and I want to make sure, again, my biggest thing is to ensure that he's independent and he's strong because my goal is to make sure that he, he will have a family one day. You're going to have to lead a family and you might lead a nation like you. I want to make sure that you have these qualities in place, but there are a lot of lessons that I can't teach him. Um, and there are a lot of conversations that I can't have with him because it's coming. I don't even know the perspective or his thoughts. So it has been a blessing to um, have my husband. I can say that weird. Um, <laughs> have my husband um, and their relationship is really strong and it's growing. Um, but it's definitely, that's been so helpful. We, I have not had to talk with him. Um, if that is the talk that I'm thinking of, um, <laughs> all right. but um, that is definitely because of his age. I know that's definitely a conversation that um, I would love for him and his father, his plus father, his bonus father to have. Um, because again, it's a lot of thoughts as a female. I, I don't know the thoughts that goes on. Yeah. In I'm like, I'm on these thoughts and they're like, you. so I, I have no idea how to have that conversation. I can have the biological conversation as a former science teacher. I got you. There you go. 
But other than that, no. Um, and that, again, is a part of like that yielding process um, and that submitting process. And I love how you say it. it's not always that. That's Those are the things that I'm like, here, take this. And um, But again, it's building him and just having him work on developing relationships with the people that's in his life. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Sarah, would you like to share a little bit about your dynamic of your current family? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been married for 13 years, and um, we have three daughters. Our oldest daughter, um, she's 11, and she was born with um, a lot of either uh, medical defects and things like that, birth defects, and um, then we have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. So I wear a lot of hats. Um, you know, as a mom of girls, uh, three girls, it's it's a different experience than being a boy mom, I can tell you that. But um, a lot of my daily, you know, um, dynamic is just to be a stay-at-home mom. And I do a lot of stuff with my oldest daughter. She's in a lot of therapies and things like that. So that takes a lot. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of what's on my plate right now. Wow. I was going to ask, I know, and Toy, I know you've shared this just with the dynamics of your family, having three girls and a boy now, um, just the fact that every child is different. And so even in hearing you share those dynamics, Sarah, like how do you, I mean, it's more than a full-time job, like parenting three girls and then your oldest has special needs. So like, like how have, what, I guess, what are some steps that you've taken or what's that journey been like having to figure out what each child needs and cater to each child without making one feel, you know, left out or less than, you know, like what is, what has your journey been like in that regard? Yeah. So um, definitely I'm not perfect and I don't get it right all the time. Um, I don't think anybody does, but um, um, one thing that I think really helped us was um, we had a lot of support uh, when my daughter was first born, um, the hospital really stepped in and did a lot of training and things like that. Um, we also had some local resources that came in and helped us um, kind of get the ball rolling and uh, get all that stuff worked out. And then as we added in children and as they grow, um, you know, we're just learning all the time. You just constantly have to change your, you know, way of doing things to make it work. Um, you know, it's, each child is different, um, but I think that as a family, uh, we try to just um, work together and, and make it work. You know, <clears throat> it's a balance. It's it's a lot about balancing what needs to be done right now and who needs what right now in this moment, you know, um, and just making it work. I definitely get it and agree. Um, I can relate with my family of four little kids, uh, three girls, one boy, all the different personalities. Um, we have a child that has a disability. Um, so that has been a journey, um, understanding the disability. Um, we learned about it much, much later in life for her. Um, so dealing with like the mom guilt, mm -hmm. like, like how did I miss all these different signs and she was struggling um so just learning reading books researching like what types of therapies mm -hmm. um could better assist her and just learning how to parent her we've had to do some adjusting in our parenting style um giving her more attention 
sometimes than the other ones. It's definitely a balance. Um, I think we go through different seasons where one child needs a little bit more attention than the other. Mason, the youngest baby, <laughs> he just had surgery. Um, so just, whew, it's just a lot to keep up with. <laughs> it's very hard keeping up with personalities and different needs. And uh, it's a lot. So I definitely get it. And I wanted to, I saw a um, comment and it kind of sheds light on what you were saying. Cause um, Latoya, I've had those experiences of mom guilt. It's just like, oh my gosh, worst mom ever. But I love what someone put in the trap, the, um, the chat, praying for the grace of God to guide us through it while never sacrificing the essentials. Um, because it's God's grace that is going to get us through mm -hmm. those moments and those times of when it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Um, and Sarah, like you said, it's not even the fact, and I, I, my hats are off to parents who have multiple children. I struggle with one on a daily basis, <laughs> but you do go through those experiences of every child is different and knowing how to parent every child, but mm -hmm. also realizing that they're growing. So how they were a month ago is a completely different person than they are now. So, um, and like Latoya, I do a lot of reading because you have to continue to stay abreast to what's going on and just understanding this new person that you have because they're always, they're different. They are so different. Yes. So true. And I would say we, I think sometimes we, we are worse critics as moms. <laughs> we yeah. criticize ourselves so much. Um, so definitely, like the elder was saying, um, just giving ourselves grace, um, grace to learn. It's okay that, you know, we're not perfect. We're not going to get it right. You know, I, I have learned to apologize mm -hmm. to my kids when I mess up. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, mommy, you didn't mean to... <laughs> to fuss at you like i i apologize you know that was not a good mommy moment um so just learning to be humble enough to say that you're sorry to your kids i i don't think my parents ever apologized to us but we do apologize to our kids when, when we make mistakes and just letting them know that we're humans we're not going to be perfect amen yes all right so <clears throat> I think we need to talk a little bit before we move on to leading the way. I do want to uh, talk a little bit about uh, work-life balance and how, Deildra, you you are a phenomenal woman. <laughs> you do so <laughs> many things um, with, with the school system, um, and you have so many career goals. But I don't know if you want to share any of those things um, with Becoming Eva but how do you incorporate work-life balance with having now your wife, <laughs> your mother of almost, I guess he's a teenager, of a teenage boy? Um, how do you, with your mental and spiritual, physical, like how do you do life? How do you manage it all? What does that look like for you? Um, each day is different. Um, I will say... For me, I try to get up early before everybody else wakes up because that's when the house is still. It's calm. Nothing is going on. Um, no questions, no requests, nothing of that <laughs> nature um, from anybody. 
Um, I'm working on trying to get up earlier. Um, five o'clock is my goal, but not there yet. And um, I will say just having those opportunities to pause because I have caught myself, especially on the mom end of getting to a point where if I'm frustrated, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm stressed, like having that conversation when it can be just a genuine no, it becomes I'm fussing. Um, so really, and like I said, COVID really taught me a lot. And that's something that I'm really continuing to work on is just understanding, recognizing when I get stressed and having that moment to say, hey, I got a moment. I need a moment. I'm going to go to my room, do what you need to do and um, just stepping away. I haven't gotten to the place of exercising on a daily basis just yet. I do love um, like group exercising and things like that because I just like the energy of other people. I need there are times where I need to have my um, individual time to really work on building up my energy. But I love being around people. So um, I got to get back into that space and place because I know that's a big, big help. And. I will say this as, like I said, a former science teacher, the sun is beautiful. It's energizing. So taking time to get out and walk, even if it's just 10 minutes when it's a pretty day outside or just sitting and being, thanking God for the small things. So looking at the small things and just being thankful for those. Monday is my favorite day of the week. It is a big day for me. And I know for most people, everybody's just like, why Monday? But it is. <laughs> a great way to start um, just planning for the week and just looking at how you want to take on. It's kind of like New Year's Eve type of thing every single week for me because I'm like, I can do it. These are all of my intentions. And um, so just looking at each day as a new day, if I don't make it through um, one task or things like that, but just looking at it as just a new day. So just refocusing and keeping the major goals, the big goals in mind and working on intentions. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, I know um, you're a stay-at-home mom, but being a mom is a full-time job. And, you know, you have a daughter that has special needs. Um, so that's even addi additional um, stress, um, being able to manage everything. So how do you incorporate work-life balance as well? <clears throat> Yeah, well, I think for number uh, for me, number one is just reminding myself that this is a season, right? We're in different seasons all the time. And so I'm in a season where my children are young and kind of like we were talking earlier with, uh, with Sandra Bullock, you know, you don't get this time back. So right now, um, even though I'm at home, um, I try to make that uh, the best experience for my family that I can. And so, um, but it is, it's a balance. Every day is different. Uh, there's different things that come up, you know, every week. And so going into it, like you were talking about with good intentions, you know, and just reminding ourselves that we're human. Sometimes those things don't work out the way we thought they were going to work out. And, and that's okay. Um, and just giving yourself grace every day that, you know, you're going to do the best you can. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be, you know, the best I can, but at the same time I'm human. And if I mess up, then that's okay too. You know, I just, I have to forgive myself and I have to apologize to my kids. Um, but we got to keep it moving, you know? Um, I think as women, as moms, we just, it's our, it's our life. It's our everyday. So we just, you know, we're kind of uh, conditioned to just keep on going, keep pushing and keep trying. And, and it's, it's a race, you know, we'll get there. Yes. I love it. Your husband's shouting you out here in the chat. He says you're way harder than he does. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. This is, yeah, this has been amazing. I do want to transition into leading the way because 
we all, our actions have a ripple effect, whether we realize it or not. And so uh, whether you realize it or not, you both are leading or we all are leading the way for generations to come. And so really wanted to just take some time to see if you all, um, if you, if you realize, or if you see how your actions, um, you know, as it relates to your children, even as it relates to your spouses, how you're leading the way for generations to come. Like, is that a perspective that you have? Is that something new for you? Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So for, yeah. <laughs> I was say, sometimes I, I, we get so caught up in the day to day that I don't think that we always think about, um, you know, how much meaning there is to what we're doing. Um, you know, being strong moms and being strong wives, like this is, uh, we're setting an example for women. Um, and so, yeah, for me, I, I don't think about it all the time that way. I think um, the mom guilt and all that stuff, you kind of have to pull yourself out of that and, and remind yourself, like, there's a purpose to what I'm doing. You know, it has meaning and um, it has meaning to God and it has meaning in our communities and our families for sure. Absolutely. Yes. The elder, did you have anything you want to yeah, I um, and I know that to be true, and that's something that I stand in because you don't know. And I love how you said that it's a ripple effect. The decisions, the choices that I make, it has an impact on someone else's destiny. So I look at that as just overall, but in the moment, like Sarah said, it's not something that I'm thinking about. Um, collectively, I'm not looking at how you know is this dinner that I'm making tonight impacting. <laughs> anybody and everybody um but i do look at that as just a continuous like push like that is a continuous drive of um just certain um, especially when it comes to career certain decisions that i make um being in education it's a big thing for me because it it doesn't just impact my co-workers it doesn't just impact um the school that i work at it impacts those babies it impacts those families in a major way so I think on the career side, I look at it more than I do at the family side. And that's something that I need to start to readjust and making sure that that is aligned because it's literally God and family. Not at football yeah. game, but it's God and family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to the best man. Sorry. <laughs> so are there, um, I mean, we know family is it's hard. The roles that we play, the hats that we wear and juggle can be very challenging at times. Are there women that you've gleaned from over the years, you know, to, um, and even, you know, today that support you to kind of help you when you hit those rough patches or those tough spots, or you just need some advice? Like, are there women that you've been able to glean from over the years? Yeah. So I guess I'll start. Um, so I, I thought about this question and I thought about the women in my life. And, um, you know, earlier we were speaking about our upbringing. And so um, I really uh, thought about my mom and the type of person that she was and her character. Um, and so I chose her to highlight her. Uh, my mom actually recently passed away in October. And so I'm learning um, how to be the mom now. And so that's been a whole new journey in my life. But um, just her character was amazing. My mom went through so many trials and hardships in her life. Um, nothing was given to my mom. She worked for everything. And um, just her character as a Christian and her faith was amazing. I mean, my mom uh, went through so much medical things and struggles with that. And just she just remained faithful all the time. And 
And uh, I have never seen faith like my mom's. Um, I haven't seen that anywhere else. And so I just admire that. And I want to emulate that in my own life, um, you know. It's beautiful, beautiful legacy. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, thank you, Sarah, for sharing that. Um, I know for me, um, I look at my grandma, I call her Grandma Griffin. Um, <laughs> she passed away, but um, she was the epitome for me of just womanhood. She definitely taught me a lot. Um, she was a stay at home mom. And when I was younger, I'm like, I want to be free. I don't want to stay home. I don't want to. And we would watch soap operas all day. But I realized like she was really genuinely that backbone of our family, the foundation. She was the one when my papa was up at five in the morning, four in the morning, she was up earlier making sure he had breakfast to get him out the door. Um, I think she had about 10, 11 kids. But like you said, Sarah, that faith, um, that drive, that determination, making sure that um, she was pushing all of her babies to move forward. And even it became grandbabies. So um, she was a big, big motivating factor for me and just someone that I think about in as I make my walk and as I make my journey. Um, I'm, I'm learning to work on buckets. So I'm a bucket post-it note type of person. So as much of a woman as I am, I also want to be a great mother, but I also want to um, work professionally as just being able to do amazing things there. So I know in my professional life, I look at our um, the leader of our the school that I work at, and she has done amazing things and just really leading the way and just pushing. And her drive is something that I really look up to. And um, just her energy, because I know she's up early, super early, and she's going, 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 and she knows so much. So I look at that as just someone to um, look up to and just hold in high esteem as far as professionally speaking. Again, working on buckets. I haven't gotten all my buckets there, but I know I have to rub elbows. I'm working on my wife bucket. So I feel like I have a community here that I, I can lean on. <laughs> Um, because I feel, you know, that's the saying iron sharpens iron um, in the scripture in the Bible, iron sharpens iron. So just looking at all the roles we take on as women and making sure that we have those individuals in mind that are going to sharpen us and encourage us and push us to do better and hold us accountable um, in those roles as well. I think it's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's um, we're about to transition out of the segment, but I have two questions I want to ask you before we close out. Um, first off, is there a word of wisdom or a piece of advice that you would give other women that are in similar roles in their family that play similar roles in their family? Um, yeah, so definitely. Um, I would say to find your support. You know, I think that we need other women. We need other, uh, if you're married, you need other couples. You need um, role models. You need people that are in the same, going through the trenches with you um, that can relate to what you're going through. Um, but I would also say too, that your faith has to be number one and, and trusting in the Lord to provide for you and to um, give you what you need every day um, has to be number one. But um you know, finding that support really will help you get through the times where you don't feel like you're going to get through. Uh, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it alone. We need others. Uh, we were uh, made for relationships. 
relationships with our spouse, our family, but also friends and community. We need that. Very true. Very true. Sarah, I will echo that. Um, and just building yourself up, um, taking that time to ensure that you are your strongest self, your strongest version of you is so important um, because it's going to help to make sure that you are building those relationships. And faith is a big thing. Just making sure that you're not walking by yourself, but continuing to build yourself up in those small moments, um, praying, um, building your relationship with um, God is huge. So echoing what Sarah said, because that's awesome. So I'm just adding to it. Awesome. And then I know um, um, Toya and Deildra, both of you mentioned you read a lot. Um, so are there any tools or resources you would recommend? Sarah, anything you'd recommend either podcast wise or uh, just anything you would recommend as, as, you know, just playing the different roles that you play in your home that have helped you, that have helped you to make your role easier, where you've learned some different things or just equipped you further, but any tools or resources you would recommend? Um, so yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of positive parenting um, mm -hmm. podcasts. I read a lot of positive parenting books um, because I didn't grow up that way. That's not my, um, that, that wasn't a tool that I had in my toolbox. And so I wanted to parent differently. And so I started um, trying to learn from people who did, you know, do that. So yeah, I definitely listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I listen to focus on the family and things like that as well. Um, you know, I listen to your podcast too. That <laughs> <laughs> out to become an Eva. Yeah. Awesome. And I do, um, I agree. Um, definitely um, just being able to hear because that, that is a big thing um, is just listening to those positive podcasts. Um, when it comes to different books that I read, it's definitely looking at what areas of growth I see, whether it is um, motherhood, if it is um, being a wife is the newest thing. So I'm looking for books there. Um, but also um, one of the things I know, uh, my son, he has ADHD. So looking at just different and Google, I know it's bad to just say Google it, but um, just looking out for some things because a lot of times you just don't know. And I'm not a big Facebook person, but I know that that does help to build a community because you can, if you put things in there, it will help find a lot of communities that you were just like, I thought I was by myself or I didn't know this existed. So that has been, I know a lot of individuals journey where if it's a health issue that they're struggling with, mental health issue that they're struggling with. Um, definitely that has been helpful, finding a community that they hear and they know that they're not the only person struggling with it. Um, my friend is trying to put me on an app for just the being able to meditate and just that mental health part of being calm. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't quite downloaded it yet, but she keeps sending me good quotes and good thoughts. So I will keep you all posted on that. But I know that's important as well of having that time to just stop and pause and um, build yourself up. So awesome. Good. Yeah. Wow. This show is awesome, guys. Thank you all so much for being so authentic and transparent on the show. Um, our ne next segment is Noble Character Acknowledgement. And we wanted to give you all an opportunity to shout out 
a woman in your life or in your community that has made a difference in your life or in the difference in her community. Um, just give them some praise, just shout them out as a woman of noble character. I'll kind of reverse a little bit. So my lady, um, I'll give her another shout out, is um, the leader of our um, the school that I currently work for. She is in our community. It's not like any other school community. It's a virtual school. So we impact students all over the state. So her impact um, definitely causes, and it's that trickle effect that you were talking about. Um, it impacts a lot of families across the state, but it also impacts our actual, like my family, um, my coworkers' family, because it creates a space where it's not where you have to go into a school on a daily basis and work. So it really opens up um, more opportunities for us to be able to be moms and do what we need to do. So I'm shouting her out and I'm going to pass it over to Sarah. Yeah, yeah. So again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, definitely my mom, <clears throat> I want to shout her out. But also, I thought about it too. Um, you know, I am also another role that I play is, is Jason is an ordained minister. And I feel like our pastor's wives don't always get the recognition <laughs> that they deserve because they do so much. And so I definitely also want to uh, throw a shout out to uh, our pastor's wife. Her name is Misty Peacock. And she is such a strong woman and such a strong uh, role model for us wives in the church and um, pastor's wives especially too um so yeah i want to shout her out yes awesome. <laughs> and jason is in the chat shouting you out sarah <laughs> as a woman of noble character for Aww. for today's episode Love um, it. so we have this black dress challenge that we've been doing this season to become the healthiest versions of ourselves, eating healthier, walking, exercising, losing weight, whatever um, health goals that you have um, so that we can fit into that black dress in the closet or at Macy's that you've been wanting to get in and look great in. Um, so we've been challenging our, our fans every week to Either like drink water, a gallon of water every every day, or go for a twenty minute walk. Um, so this week, our black dress challenge is to go outside, um, similar to what Deildra was saying, and enjoy some sunshine um, yeah. while the season is changing. Um, maybe go outside at least three times this week and enjoy the weather. Um, so this month we have been celebrating Women's History Month. We've had so many wonderful women uh, join us on our episodes this month, um, just celebrating women because I think we're we're superheroes. Like we need like a cape and a sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, Superman and Batman, they don't have anything on a woman. Like, we are superheroes. <laughs> so we have been celebrating women um, all month long. Um, we have two more episodes left in the season. So come back and join us. Uh, Becoming Eva fans for our, la our last two episodes uh, for season four. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. I've enjoyed myself.
Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time. time.